All right, so the, um, the subject of, uh, of du jour of the evening um, is uh, with regards to uh, man's wisdom. Uh, and as I, as I foreshadowed in the group chat earlier this week, um, oftentimes when we hear the phrase man's wisdom, we think of, uh, we might paraphrase worldly wisdom or bad wisdom, evil wisdom. Uh, in this case, uh, not necessarily so, though I'll, I'll treat that in brief. Um, more referring to uh, what happens when man utilizes uh, the wisdom that is provided by God. Uh, just to provide a little bit of context and definition to the subject. Um, but I won't read through uh, all of the verses. We'll, uh, we'll read through them as we get to the various points. Uh, but rest assured, there will be some scripture. Uh, and you should turn in your Bibles to that end, uh, to Proverbs chapter 1. But if you were to uh, Google, what does it mean to be wise? Uh, you will get a, a variety of, of answers. Uh, to my surprise, not quite as terrible as I thought that they would be. Uh, generally, when you, you Google various theological things or uh, uh, elements of righteousness, uh, you will find the world's takes on, on them to man's wisdom, as it were, um, to be fairly ordinary. Uh, in the case of what does it mean to be wise, there was uh, some decent wisdom to be found. Uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary uh, defines wise or wisdom uh, as having or showing wisdom, good sense or good judgment, sensible or a wise person. Uh, and numerous other hits, as I say, are surprisingly not all that awful uh, and sport various thoughts around uh, knowing there is always more to learn. This is what a wise person might look like. Uh, others talk about knowledge plus experience to be what wisdom is. Uh, and another website interestingly spoke of different kinds of wisdom. Uh, we could probably say different giftings. Uh, some have practical wisdom, some have benevolent wisdom, some have philosophical wisdom. And that particular website cited Winston Churchill, Mother Teresa, and Socrates uh, as examples of those things respectively, practical, benevolent, and uh, philosophical, I should say, wisdom. But when you think about what does a wise person look like, what comes to mind for you? Hopefully, uh, at the pinnacle of such a consideration is Jesus. Uh, the, the wisest person to ever be, uh, the very source of wisdom. Uh, and certainly if we are to look to a, uh, a person, albeit a, a God-man, not an ordinary person like you and I, uh, he would be the person that comes to mind. He is the guy to look to. Uh, Solomon, to cite another biblical example, uh, also had great wisdom. This very book which we are reading from, predominantly written by Solomon. Uh, and yet also, he gave in, as we know, to uh, numerous things not so wise. And so we find the equation wisdom plus sin doesn't work out so well, to say the least. Perhaps you think uh, of an elderly man or an elderly woman, uh, and I think you wouldn't be too off base there. Uh, Proverbs 16.31, for example, saying that grey hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. The assumption obviously being that such a grey-haired individual 
uh, has lived that righteous life, has accumulated wisdom through their years of, of experience, of knowledge, uh, of taking in God's ways. And hopefully, uh, just as I suppose an application kind of comment, hopefully you think of someone or someones in the faith with whom you have fairly immediate contact uh, and to who you may go for counsel. When you think of uh, what does a wise person look like, hopefully you can think of an example that is close to home, someone whom you have regular contact with. If you were to uh, take the various verses, as I like to do, uh, that I cited in the group chat earlier in the week, uh, if you were to take all of these and, as it were, put it into the proverbial mixing pot uh, and bring out a spoonful, uh, what is that broth going to taste like? What is a fair summary of all those verses put together? Uh, I think, though in fairly Tobias-like language, uh, you would get something like this. Man, if he has and pursues wisdom, will prioritize the same. Priority being uh, what we preached on last week. And will perpetually increase in wisdom. He will be required to do that which is opposite to his natural inclination, as well as spurning pride and being willing to learn from others. As he does this, he will find God blesses his way. His attentiveness and disposition to wisdom will cause him to trust in God. And to break that down even further, um, we come to the four points of, of the day. And they being, as man utilizes wisdom, he equips himself to learn more wisdom, becomes productive and wealthy. I realize that last word may come with some controversy, so let me define myself later on. Uh, avoids evil and danger and does that which is opposite to his natural inclination. So as man utilizes wisdom, he equips himself to learn more wisdom, becomes productive and wealthy, avoids evil and danger, and does that which is opposite to his natural inclination. So the first point, as man utilizes wisdom, he equips himself to learn more wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, hopefully you're open there, says this, Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The proverb essentially says that if you already have these things, if you already have wisdom and understanding in whatever measure, use them to increase in like qualities, in learning and guidance, to understand proverbs, sayings, the words of the wise and their riddles that goes on to detail. I think we could be maybe a little more abrasive in our language and say something to the effect of, uh, if you already have good sense, you'll have the good sense to get more good sense. Use whatever wisdom you have in order to create an environment whereby you might get more and more wisdom. Uh, if you have, uh, we could make the application, if you have been given the, the gift of justification, uh, you have been uh, put on a wonderful trajectory uh, use that changed heart in order to become more and more sanctified, to grow in the ways of godliness. Uh, and one of the things that such a verse and a notion might remind us of uh, to that end is the parable of the talents found in Matthew 25. I won't read it all because, uh, well, mainly for time's sake as much as I would like to. Uh, but this is the, the parable of where uh, 
a, a ruler is going away and he gives to uh, his servants uh, one five talents, one two talents, another just a singular talent. Uh, and he expects them to, uh, to work with those talents, essentially to turn a profit so that when he comes back, he might come back to a profit with, uh, with more talents, essentially. The first two servants were faithful with what the master or the, the Lord in application gave them. Whereas the servant who was given the one talent, though not losing it, did not turn a profit on what he was given. The servants given the five and two talents are emblematic of this concept in our proverb. They are the, the wise who heard and then increased in learning. The ones who understood and then gained guidance. They were the ones who had and then more was given, and they had an abundance. We might say very simply, uh, be like such fellows, be like these gentlemen. You have been given, uh, to quote from 2 Timothy, the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, to make you complete, equipped for every good work. You have been given the spirit of truth who will guide you into all truth. And so consider, uh, with the, the introspective question which I love, uh, consider what priority do you place on your reading of these writings and your prayer to such a spirit, such that, the, such that with what wisdom God has given you, you may increase in the same. Flip over a decent many pages, if you like, to Proverbs 21, verse 20. Proverbs 21.20 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. And uh, in representation of that, I have the heading, As man utilizes wisdom, he becomes productive and wealthy. I think you can um, summarize what I'm trying to get at with regards to productive and wealthy uh, by using perhaps the word industrious. Uh, now you might remember that previously I've defined, like right at the start of this whole proverb series, uh, previously I've defined wisdom as skill at living. And so because of this, uh, wisdom is not just becoming a, uh, some sort of a monk who sits cro cross-legged on the top of a hill, uh, spouting lofty and confusing philosophical sentences. Uh, rather, the right understanding and pursuit of wisdom will oftentimes be practical and have practical fruits. And note well, especially with regards to this notion of wealthy, uh, note very, very well that to say uh, the use and pursuit of wisdom makes a man productive and wealthy uh, is a very, very different thing to being a proponent of the prosperity gospel or some get-rich-quick scheme uh, under the banner of Jesus. God does not look down from heaven uh, and see a new convert and subsequently uh, put another zero at the end of his salary. What the notion is to say is that a person who is wise will work hard, will work diligently, and perhaps most importantly, will work rightly, governed by God's principles. Uh, it is akin, and so working in such ways, I should say, uh, naturally brings forth Product, productivity and wealth. It brings forth uh, industriousness. Uh, 
It is akin to saying that if you have good coordination with your feet, can run reasonably fast, can kick a ball well, know the rules of soccer and are a team player, then you'll probably be fairly good at soccer. If you use these uh, things which God has given in the way that God has intended you to use them, then that will go well for you. You will be productive. You will be wealthy. You will be industrious. The focus in making such a claim is actually less so on the money part and more so on the wholesome, godly attitude you take to life and labor. The fruits of this attitude of hard, diligent, and right work will oftentimes be wealth. Keeping in mind, as another caveat, uh, that we are discussing Proverbs, which deals in general truths, which are generally true, as opposed to something which uh, nails every single occasion. And so the exhortation is that once again, uh, not focused on the money part, and is rather to love the Lord with all you are, your neighbor as yourself, and whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And what a, a wealthy reward is that, regardless of any material wealth you may have on this earth. Uh, a wise person will have such an attitude as that and will have such a practice as that. Third point, skimming through things relatively quickly today. Uh, as man utilizes wisdom, he avoids evil and danger. And just a, a page or two over in Proverbs 27, uh, you will find the 12th verse of that, which is where I'm taking this from. So Proverbs 27 verse 12 says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Because wisdom and hence wise ways come from God, and God is neither evil nor dangerous, uh, let's clarify that dangerous point because we are told to fear the Lord, uh, he and his ways are perfectly safe, to those in their pure state. Adam and Eve, for example, were in, in no danger prior to the fall. They were living in God's ways. They were created perfect. They were in no danger prior to the fall. After the fall, in great danger of God's judgment. So let me restate. Uh, because wisdom comes from God and God is neither evil nor dangerous, those who are trained by wisdom will avoid evil and danger. So it naturally follows that those who are not trained by wisdom will be prone to evil and danger, both by natural disposition and general carelessness. Uh, to give a, a simple example and then a more, a more applicable one, perhaps. Uh, many a child could be considered the, the simpleton of this particular proverb. Uh, they would not see the Mack truck coming down the road. All they would see is their ball having rolled onto the road uh, and they would go on, literally, and suffer for it. Whereas uh, the adult, the, the one who, to continue with the metaphor, is the prudent one, uh, sees the danger coming, woos up, lets the Mack truck go past, gets the ball, and does not suffer for it. We could also look, uh, in perhaps greater applicability, uh, to any number of unwise, evil, dangerous issues that the unwise, evil, and dangerous 
uh, world runs headlong into. Whereas the prudent Christian, prudent because he has been converted and trained in the ways of the Lord, sees the danger of such things and hides from them. Uh, hopefully, in addition, rallying for everybody to go the other way, not just not doing the bad thing, but advocating that everybody else does the good thing and he himself. Issues such as uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, no-fault divorce, socialism, uh, the modern movement that says that emotions are the basis of truth. Uh, the Christian sees these things uh, and, yes, assesses their, uh, their moral outcome, says these things are evil, but also understands that they are dangerous and goes the other way from them. Christians who ought to be wise see not only the evil of such things, but that they are dangerous, whether they are naturally appealing to the flesh or otherwise. Which leads me to the, the last point. As man utilizes wisdom, he does that which is opposite to his natural inclination. And Proverbs 14, 12, which you probably know off by heart, is what I'm thinking of here. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And in, um, in thinking of this verse, I want not so much to uh, explain it in detail, but to thank God rather for the, the solutions which he has so readily given us. Uh, in this, we see once again the, the great mercy of God in both giving us his word, that word which is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we have a written guide. And we also see his mercy in transforming our hearts. As Jeremiah says in his 31st chapter, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their heart. And so we have a written guide and transformed hearts that are disposed to that guide. Whilst not writing off danger too quickly, let us take appropriate warning from Paul, though, uh, who, though thoroughly converted, still acknowledged the indwelling flesh, his disposition towards sin in his fleshliness. In Romans 7, he says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. We have been uh, converted by God. We've been given this wonderful God. We've been given a disposition uh, in, our, in our minds to, to serve the Lord Christ. And yet we must make sure that we wage war against the flesh. And so by way of uh, exhortation and conclusion at the same time, uh, brother, sister, know your Bible. Be experts in the scriptures, be experts in the Bible as Spurgeon exhorted his people to. Know it well, study its contents and meditate upon the same. Consider how readily applicable it is in everyday life. As I said, uh, Proverbs, uh, among other parts of wisdom from God's word, uh, are not just meant to be uh, lofty pie in the sky things, but are, are offer practical wisdom for everyday life. Put to death the flesh, 
It only leads to evil, danger and destruction anyhow. And put to life, pursue ways in which life-giving wisdom may be obtained and perpetually accumulated. What kind of practices could you do this week that would aid you in accumulating wisdom? You are here, and so praise be to God, you have a degree of wisdom. What can you do this week that will aid you in that continual accumulation? So the four points, just uh, as final recap. As man utilizes wisdom, he equips himself to learn more wisdom. He becomes productive and wealthy. He becomes industrious. He avoids evil and danger. And he does that which is opposite to his natural inclination. So as we uh, turn to a time of prayer, I don't have uh, anything particularly extensive. Uh, two points. In fact, I only had one until this afternoon. Uh, being, the diligent, being that we would be diligent in the pursuit and action of wisdom, intentionally gaining more and more to the glory of God. We would be diligent in the pursuit and action of wisdom, intentionally gaining more and more to the glory of God. Uh, and it would seem, uh, just in light of uh, Aidan's message to the group chat not so long ago, uh, if one or two of us would perhaps pray for, uh, for he and for his family uh, as they, they mourn the passing of his uncle. Uh, so I'll leave that with you as well. Well, let me start and then um, feel free to join in as you'd like. Lord, I want to, uh, just in starting, thank you simply for the great depth of wisdom that you have given us in your word. And I thank you also that you have been so kind to give us a thousand million, to use the colloquial term, a thousand million resources, Lord, uh, that would aid us in such a study. Please help us to be uh, industrious in our study of your word, such, Lord, that we would glorify you in our conduct at all times. Lord, I pray it in your name.